Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to episode number 153, and very thrilled to have a new and different perspective here. A first-year head coach, and I thought, I looked, saw this guy on Twitter, I thought, hey, I'm going to reach out to him, see see what he uh, might bring to the table here. A little bit different per- perspective. Uh, Justin Bowen, uh, the girls' basketball coach at Southside High School in Southside, Alabama, about what halfway in between Birmingham and Atlanta coaches. That's kind of what I saw on the map there. Yeah, that's that's pretty close. We're really close to um, to Gadsden, Alabama, Oxford, Alabama. So mm-hmm. kind of centrally located between uh, Atlanta and Birmingham. Yep. Okay. Uh, so uh, excited to have Justin on the podcast here today. Uh, before we get to Justin, of course, we want to thank our our founding sponsor, Cosac Chiropractic, here at 144th and Maple in Omaha. Coaches, if you are an athlete, has Spinal uh, issues, balance neck or spinal issues, have them go see COSAC Chiropractic. You can check them out on their practice at COSACchiro.com or to make an appointment, give them a call at 402-964-0300. Follow us on Twitter at a pen and a napkin. We try to put out daily coaching tidbits on the Twitter handle, so be sure to follow us there. Obviously, if you're listening, go to iTunes, download, rate, review, give us five stars. Uh, you know, the, the please subscribe, please like, please subscribe. Uh, that just helps out with the ratings. We want to help as many coaches hone their craft as possible. And if you subscribe, that helps with us and our ability to reach other coaches. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me at penandanapkin at gmail.com. Love interacting with folks. Check out a penandanapkin.com. It's a really good coach's website. I know that because I made it myself. And, of course, if you would be so willing, go to patreon.com backslash a pen and a napkin if you would be interested in helping out a pen and a napkin financially. Uh, coach Bowen. It's a Sunday night. It's about 7.30. I'm kind of flying a little bit high here after a big win for, for my son and his program. And uh, you're off to a great start this year. So really excited to have you on the pod, Coach. Yes, sir. I'm really excited you uh, you know reaching out to me and excited to, to hopefully get a, give a, a little bit different uh, perspective um, than maybe you know, you've had uh, here recently. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, you know, we... Uh, we, we want to bring in a variety of different perspectives on a pen and a napkin. You know, there's we, we've had some veteran coaches on recently. Uh, it's, it's always nice to have a mix of, of different genders, different levels, a lot of different things. And so, Justin, I, I'm really excited to have you on here. Uh, let, let's just jump right into it, Coach. Um, you know, you're, you're a younger guy, uh, but you've, you've done a lot of coaching. You've done a lot of coaching, man. Uh, tell us about your, your athletic journey, your coaching journey. Uh, how did you end up at, at Southside High School? Um, so uh, I grew up in uh, Alexandria, Alabama, which is which is where I actually currently uh, live now. And, and while I'm coaching at Southside, and um, you know, grew up in a, a coaching background as far as with my dad, um, you know, coaching you know youth athletics and stuff all the way through until I got into high school. And um, you know, coaching was something that I knew that uh, that I eventually wanted to do. Um, and right, right after high school, I had a coach, his name was Alan Heath. And, uh, he was a guy who was very, very, uh, influential, um, you know, in my, not just career coaching, but in my life in general, just helping me, you know, become a man in high school. And, uh, he was a coach that, uh, right after I graduated high school, he moved, um, moved on and he, he became the offensive coordinator and offensive line coach, uh, for Mumford high school, which is, um, kind of close to Oxford, um, probably about 45 minutes from here. And, uh, he got the job as the offensive coordinator and he, uh, he called me a couple of weeks after he got the job. He knew I wanted to get into coaching. He said, Hey, Hey, you know, Justin, uh, you know, they're wanting me to, 
to also coach basketball over here at, at Mumford. And he said, I don't, I don't know anything about basketball. <laughs> and he said, at least he's honest. He said, yeah. Yeah. At least he was honest. And, uh, so he, he calls me and he, he tells me that and he says, look, if you'll come and you'll coach these kids, he said, you know, I'll help you out as far as gas money and things like that. You know, while you're going to college, he said, I'll, I'll try to help you out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the time I was 18 years old. You know, I just graduated high school. I mean, I've, I've been out. I think I was on a, a, a youth trip, um, you know, in Panama City with, with my church when he called. And, and I was like, you know, who, who am I going to be coaching? And so at the time, they didn't have a freshman program, but they did have, you know, a junior high program. And he said, well, they want me to, you know, do a junior high. And uh, he said, you know, that's kind of what you'd be doing. And I, and I told him, you know, I think that would be fun. I think that would, you know, that would be a good place to kind of start. Well, um, you know, I'm on that youth trip. And so I tell him I'll do it. Well, two days later, I'm still, you know, on this trip and the football coach calls me <laughs> and I, I've never met him before in my life. Don't know who he is. And, and he calls me and he says, Hey, I hear you're going to help do basketball. I need some help doing football. Would you be interested in doing that as well? Leading up to basketball season. <laughs> and I said, well, I, I guess so. I guess if, you know, if, if y'all need the help, this would be a great experience for me kind of branching out. Um, you know, that's, that's one thing is a lot of young coaches, when they first start, they don't get that opportunity just to kind of go somewhere that they don't know anybody. You know, mm-hmm. they have to kind of start where they grew up, you know, or, or somewhere where they have a you know, relative or something like that. And I think yeah. that's something that really helped me as a coach was kind of being, you know, put into a community where I really didn't know anybody, especially, you know, at such a young age. Um, so I started coaching there at Mumford, um, coached football, coached defensive backs, uh, and then was the junior high head coach there at, at 18, which was, was funny. And <laughs> then my second year there, I, I kind of talked them into starting a freshman program because I thought we had enough people. Yeah. And so my second uh, and third year there, I was the junior high and the freshman head basketball coach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and obviously I wasn't on staff there as far as with, with the school. So Coach Heath, you know, would sit on the bench with me and kind of come to practices and stuff like that. But he kind of let me run run everything which was awesome once again at 18 19 20 years old being able mm-hmm. to even though it was junior high and freshman but coaching kind of, coaching you know you know just coach and make mistakes and and learn and and try to you know try new things and and fail and you know I learned a lot about myself as a coach you know those few years of kind of who I wanted to be as a coach and and the way to to you know coach kids and things like that and you know probably made a lot of mistakes and I still like make a lot of mistakes mm-hmm. but it was awesome being able to do that you know kind of on my own mm-hmm. um you know it, it was just a it was a fun you know couple couple three years that I got to do that and and we were very successful in in football there uh, made some semifinals appearances and kind of built a program um you know had a program on the rise when we left um, that had became a pretty successful football program. Um, and from there I went to, uh, Hazel Green High School and Hazel Green High School is known for, uh, its girls basketball program. I think they've won the last four state championships since six or seven, eight in Alabama. Um, and at the time when I got there, they were also pretty prominent in boys basketball as well. Um, but when I got there, um, once again, very prominent basketball program. So they already had six or seven assistants. <laughs> and, you know, they had their freshman teams covered. There was JV. I mean, they were rolling already. They didn't really, 
you know, have any spots to help or anything like that. Um, so I got involved with the baseball program there because I have a baseball background uh-huh. and I kind of gave up basketball for, for several years while I was there and was able to, to be a part of the football staff there and the baseball program. And we actually, my second year there won the state championship in, in baseball. Um, and that was actually the first, um, state championship in school history for their baseball program. So that was a really, really exciting experience. Um, you know, there was a lot of excitement in the community during that time. And it was a program that had, hadn't seen a ton of success um, in that sport. So it was really exciting, you know, getting to be a part of that ride and that build of, of that program for a couple of years and, and just getting to see those kids be successful. Yeah. Um, you know, so did, did baseball and football there um, at Hazel Green and then was there for two years. And the football coach that I actually followed there got hired back here close to my home at uh, where I grew up at, at Oxford High School. And uh, when he got hired there, I kind of followed him back to Oxford and uh, became the defensive backs coach there and just kept with the baseball scene and became the pitching coach at Oxford High School. And we actually, my second year there at that school, won the state championship in football. So in 2018, I was able to be a part of the baseball state championship 6A, and then 2019 was able to be a part of the 6A state championship in football. Mm-hmm. And that was the first state title at that school in 26 years. Wow. Um, so it was <laughs> – it was kind of a being in the right place at the right time. And, uh-huh. and as far as the championships and stuff like that go, but, um, you know, it was, it's, it was just exciting because it was not like those two communities had, had had that success. It was something that kind of, I got to be a part of, you know, for that school, that was the first time that they had seen that, you know, or been a part of something like that in a really long time. So it made it, you know, a lot, even more special. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was at Oxford, and, uh, you know, then um, just because of the football success and, and the success that I had gotten to be a part of, I got the opportunity at 27 to become the defensive coordinator at Southside High School um, and uh, been there the last couple of years. And uh, this past spring, uh, they had a coach, Kim Nail. She had been there for several years, really, really um, crazy record. I think it was like 600 and something wins and 200 and something losses in her career as a head coach. Um, and she just decided to resign and the job came open, uh, back last spring. And I knew the potential, you know, that we had with the amount of athletes and the, the work ethic of the girls. And so it became a job when it came open, it became something I was very interested in. And, and luckily, you know, they gave me the opportunity, um, to take that job. And it's mm-hmm. just been, it's been really awesome the last, you know, I guess, six eight months, however long it's been since I've had the job, but it's, yeah. it's just been a really fun experience. Yeah. You know, you, you mentioned a lot of different sports that you've been coaching, baseball, football. You're, you're the defensive coordinator at your school, which you guys start really, really early in Alabama compared to, you know, uh, a lot of places. You know, I'm, I'm a Nebraska-Iowa yeah. guy. So yeah. you've, you've already, what do you say, you had seven games under your belt already? Uh, yes. Yeah, so um, obviously you've got some, you've got some crossover time. Uh, you know, how, how long are you coaching football and basketball at the same time here during the fall? So the basketball season actually starts about the time that um, the first round of playoffs for football starts, um, maybe the last like week 10 of football season. So there's a couple of weeks of crossover there, regardless mm-hmm. of if you're, you're in the playoffs or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we were fortunate enough this year, we made it to the playoffs. And so we played, we got beaten the first round, but you know we were in the playoffs. So there was two weeks there where I was kind of juggling you know, football and basketball, um, both. And then really, if you go back, I mean, 
we're able to to get so many hours per week um, with our girls and and with our programs, basketball programs. So we actually were able to start, you know, a good bit before that. But as far as actual practices go, um, I was doing that for about two weeks, um, you know, and that that took a lot of like scheduling between football and and the boys basketball coach and just trying to find times that the gym was open and um, you know that that took some of us. Uh, practicing in the mornings before school you know with basketball and um there were there's a couple of luckily the way we do it with football there there are a couple afternoons where we're able after school to um you know to go home and so i was able to to practice my girls you know in those afternoons Mm -hmm. um so it actually worked out pretty pretty good for us this year it wasn't it wasn't too rough you know but um there were definitely was some crossover time where I was trying to, to juggle a little bit of both. And especially yeah. being the defensive coordinator, you know, I'm having to watch a game film. plan yep. and prepare yep. and do all that for football and then switch over, you know, in my mind, the basketball scheme and all that. And so yeah. that was something, especially this being my first year being a head basketball coach and my second year being a defensive coordinator, it, it took a little bit of getting used to trying to, to switch back and forth, you know, in my brain uh, between two different types of scheme and, and yep. things like that and two t- different types of athletes, you know, male and female. So there yep. was a lot of, a little bit of a juggling act. Did you, uh, did you spend a lot of time like in the summer when you, when you had some downtime to really think ahead and anticipate that, that two to four or five week stretch, you know, of, okay, I'm going to be doing two of these at once. So I'm going to try and kind of knock some of this out while I can, while I'm, while I'm not under any pressure to try to do two things at once. Right. Absolutely. Um, you know, we have a pretty good, uh, period in June, uh, with basketball where we're able to really play just about as many games as we want. Um, and so, you know, I kind of took that time in June to really make sure that we, we got some really good practice in and was able to install, um, you know, as, as much, as I could without overwhelming the girls. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we went to Auburn University and played. We went to Jacksonville State University and played. We played at a, a few gyms here locally. Um, we played, you know, 15, 20 games or something. I mean, it was it was a lot of games that we played. Um, and so by installing a lot of that in June, it really took care of a lot, um, you know, beforehand. And so when we started the season and started practicing, it was really just kind of going back and reinforcing a lot that was already taught, you know, mm-hmm. yep. so that helped, that helped out. Um, you know, you, you, you mentioned, you know, you did some, you've done some baseball coaching, obviously you're, you're in the football, you know, three different sports and, and coaching is coaching, but you know, baseball is the, you know, the quote unquote thinking man's game. You did You've done a lot yeah. with pitchers and thinking about how to manage the game with pitchers and, Every pitcher is different, and, and you know, just you know, football is is what it is. You got a new matchup every week. You got a different system that you're going against every week. You know, how have those experiences really helped you grow into that head coaching position, and 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 make you feel like you're prepared to be a, a head coach of a, of a sport that's much more free flowing and nonstop than yeah. compared to baseball and football. Yeah, you know, you mentioned it. I think that that each sport has, you know, special qualities about it that that make it fun to coach and mm-hmm. fun to watch as a fan. You know, like like you said, baseball is is you know, like you said, I think a man's game. You're trying to to uh, you know outsmart maybe you know and and do certain things as far as as you know baseball scheme goes. And then the same thing, football. It's really physical and emotional, and um, you know a lot of prepping each week you know and and that's one thing that that i've kind of had to had to 
had to learn is, you know, football, you get 10 games mm-hmm. and you kind of live and die by every game. I mean, you, you prep for and, and practice for almost a week and you get to play one game on Friday. And it's like, man, if you lose that, it feels like you wasted a whole week almost. I mean, you, you've done all that work and preparation and planning and watching film. And then basketball is a little different as far as that aspect goes, because you play so many games and, you know, you might drop a game on Tuesday and then you're right back playing again on Thursday with yep. the ability to get that monkey off your back. You know what I mean? Yep. And so that's kind of been the fun thing about basketball. But as far as the experiences and stuff go, I think, um, uh, you know, the, the greatest thing about me being at, at all these different schools at such a young age and coaching so many different things is the coaches that I've got to work under. Mm-hmm. Um, because this is my first time being an actual head coach yeah. um, as far as on the varsity level. And I've gotten to coach under some of the, you know, most well-known coaches in Alabama, especially as far as football goes, but also baseball um, as well, um, Keith Etheridge is a guy here in Alabama who's won multiple state championships in football at several different schools. Um, Wes Brooks is a baseball coach that's that's won a uh, state championship in baseball. And I think that I look back and just about every single head coach that I worked under, maybe besides one, um, has a head coach in his re- – I mean, has a uh, state championship in his resume. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a lot of those guys were guys who took over programs who weren't necessarily top dogs when they took the program over. Mm-hmm. They were guys who built programs from the ground up or they came in and kind of revamped programs and were able to win state championships. And, you know, it wasn't always – it's not always about this championships because a lot of those guys also are great managers of people. Yeah, you know they're they're able to get the most out of everybody in the building, not just the kids. And I think that's you know a lot of the times coaching the coaches is especially football, and you got such a big staff and things like that. You know that's some of the hard part. Mm-hmm. And I I think you know being under those those guys who have had so much more experience than me and have had so much more success and have had you know different types of failures and things in their life and in their career. You know they were able to teach me. Um, you know, so much in different aspects of each sport mm-hmm. that I'm able to carry over to, you know, anything, regardless if it's basketball, baseball, mm-hmm. football, or just in life in general. So, mm-hmm. you know, those guys that I've been under, you know, I can't, you know, thank them enough. I try to text them and stuff all the time and tell them how much, you know, I really appreciate everything that they taught me and that they allowed me to be a part of. So. Mm-hmm. Coaches, you know just as well as I do that we're always looking for new and different ways to motivate our players and programs. But sometimes it's hard to find that perfect source that we're looking for. Over the past 25 years, I've collected hundreds of handouts to help motivate my players and programs. And now I'd like to share some of my favorites with you. The A Pen and a Napkin 101 Best Handouts Booklet is now available to you for only $15. In this booklet, you'll find motivational material for all types of situations and individuals to help you communicate your values to your players and program. For ordering information, you can either DM me on Twitter or email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com for details. Well, Justin, let's let's go through that list right now. Let's let's just go through it. We got a list of about nine fellas that you listed when you when you emailed me back here. So uh, let's let's go rapid fire st- rapid fire style here. I can't talk all of a sudden. Um, let's go let's go through it. Uh, I'm going to give you a name. Uh, tell me, you know, you, you very briefly your uh, you know who you know your 
personal relationship with him. You know, hey, that's you know Pete Smith. I I was yeah. his you know uh, safeties coach or whatever. Right. And 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 here's the one big takeaway that I took from Coach Smith or or whatever it may be. And, and yeah. let's let's go rapid fire style on this. All right, all right does that sounds good? Does that sound good? Yeah, sounds all good. Right. All right, so let's. Uh, you just mentioned him just a minute ago, uh, Keith Etheridge. All right, Keith Etheridge, um, players coach. Um, you know, out of all the guys I've been under, he's definitely one of the main ones that he. Well, I can I can honestly say that like every kid that has that he's coached would run through a brick wall for him. You know, and I think that's a coach that I took a lot away from as far as how to, like I said, manage people and manage players and build relationships with kids. So that's definitely one thing that I took away from him. Okay. Uh, Will, sorry, I can't see all of a sudden. I'm getting old. I, I'm experienced. Sorry, Jess, I'm experienced. <laughs> small rod. Small rod. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I need to make the, the font bigger when I type it out here now. Uh, Will Wagnon. All right. Will Wagner was the first head coach that gave me a job at Mumford High School when I was 18 years old. Um, he was the head football coach. Um, then I followed him to Hazel Green High School, then followed him to Oxford. And, you know, that, that just tells you me following him around how great of a guy he is. Um, and the, the thing that I take away from him um, was organization. Um, by far, he's the reason that I make practice schedules the way I do now and the, uh, the reason that I have things organized on Google and um, you know, he, he was the one that really taught me first how to have an organized practice and an organized program and everybody has a job and, and should be, you know, uh, well, uh, well, everything should be well thought out. Mm-hmm. Wes Brooks. All right. Wes Brooks is the head baseball coach at Oxford high school. He's been there. Uh, I'm probably gonna get it wrong, but around 20 years or so, mm-hmm. um, uh, state championship baseball coach. Um, and he's a guy who I actually, as a player, faced um, <laughs> and then ended up coaching with him. Um, and he was a guy, I'm going to be honest with you, and it's just kind of because of where the, the school that he's at, and I ended up coaching there, is people from Alexandria don't really get along with people from Oxford. You know, it's kind of a rivalry. <laughs> it's, uh, hey, we yeah. want to beat you, and they want to beat us because of the respect between the two programs. Um, but then when I got with Coach Brooks, I you know, realized how great of a coach that he is. Um, and his, even though he's a baseball guy, um, I got a lot of, uh, you know, gamesmanship type stuff from him, like trying to outthink people thinking ahead. Um, and just a kind of a little tidbit on him. He actually, uh, is the girls flag football coach at Oxford high school, which oh, they okay. started two, two years ago in, um, Alabama. And he played for the state championship this year as a coach for the girls flag football. So that was pretty cool. Very cool. Uh, Chad Holderfeld. All right. Coach Holderfield is actually our boys basketball coach at Southside High School. Um, he's been there several years. Um, and Coach Holderfield, um, he's a guy who we've really, really gotten a lot closer the last several months. And that's because he's really helped me in this new role. Um, you know, not only being at Southside, which is obviously a place he's been for a while, but he's also the head boys coach. So he's able to kind of mentor me. Um, and he's been a, a guy that's kind of anytime I have a question about officials or just scheduling or anything, I can call him. And, and he's he's been very, very helpful in, in the success that we've gotten to have so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, Larry Jen. Uh, Gin, Gin or Jen? All right. Larry Ginn. Ginn. Larry Ginn um, actually uh, passed away back in, I think, maybe 2000 nine or 2010 maybe uh and larry yen is actually a name in alabama that a lot of people know because of the amount of state championships that he won uh in football and basketball he was actually a head football coach and head basketball coach at alexandria high school where i graduated 
Um, and I think he has four, five, six state championships between the two sports in his name um, with over 600 wins. Um, and he was, a, he was a, a coach that when I was growing up, unfortunately passed away of cancer, so I wasn't able to play for him. Um, but he was a coach that, that was very, very well respected in not only this community but in the state of Alabama. And he's a guy who, like I said, coached football and basketball, which is what I do now. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, he's somebody that I kind of – look back at and, and think about the way that he did things. And, and there's a lot of stuff we run basketball wise that, that he did. Um, you know, so he's, he's a guy, anytime I see that name or hear that name, he's, I, I get, uh, very like sentimental and stuff thinking about the, the times I got to spend, you know, around coach Ken. Mm-hmm. Um, Alan Heath. All right. Alan Heath, uh, is the coach that I mentioned earlier in the podcast that, um, left Alexandria and took the offensive coordinator job at Montford that called me, um, and asked me to come do the, the basketball for him. Um, and uh, he was my coach. He was my junior high football coach and uh, baseball coach at Alexandria. And uh, then, funny, it's funny, I, he was my coach. And then when we moved to Hazel Green and started coaching up there, me and him actually lived together. Mm-hmm. So it was <laughs> it was pretty pretty neat, uh, just the, the relationship that we've gotten to build over the last, you know, however long it's been. Um, but coach, coach Heath has always been a very spiritual, uh, leader for me. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very strong, uh, Christian guy. And, uh, you know, he's one of the reasons that I try to implement that more. Um, and, and I need to do a better job than I do now, but he, he's one of the reasons I try to implement that as much as I can in our program. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Firestone. All right. Coach Firestone was the first defensive coordinator that I worked under. Uh, so him and I'll actually go ahead. That that next name there next to it is Chad Cochran. Mm-hmm. So er- Eric and Chad both um, were defensive coordinators that I worked under, under in my career as a football coach before I became a defensive coordinator. And uh, both of those guys really, really taught me how to break down an opponent and, uh, you know, prepare uh, as well as I could and help my kids uh, be prepared for, for games. And so that's something that I've kind of carried over to different sports is, is – how well that they prepared for opponents and were able to find tendencies and things like that on people. Mm-hmm. And last but certainly not least, I don't want Miles to feel bad that he's he's the last one on the yeah. list here. So, yeah. but Miles Holcomb. All right, so Miles Holcomb. Uh, so I'm at Southside High School, and and I told you um, that I became the defensive coordinator. But something I didn't mention is I actually applied for the head football coach job at Southside, mm-hmm. and uh, the guy that beat me out was Miles Holcomb. <laughs> and uh, a week later, after he got the job, he called me, um, knowing that I had just applied for that a job, that job, and offered me the defensive coordinator role. Um, and Miles is a, a younger coach, um, mid thirties, and um, you know he's he's our head football coach at Southside, and and he's been a guy that before before um, I was at Southside, me and Miles really didn't know each other, uh-huh. um, but now you know we're the best of friends we lean on each other as far as um you know just uh information about you know what's going on in the community um you know just tips on how to do different things and i ask him his opinion on things and and he does the same for me and i just have a lot of respect for him because um you know he hired a 27 year old defensive coordinator and he's not once told me hey you need to do this or you need to do that he's kind of let me come in and and do you know what I wanted to, and, and he's been a, a very good uh, mentor for me as far as just being a head coach. Uh-huh. Um, so you, you you're stepping into this situation, and any time that you are a 
new head coach of, of any sport. Uh, yours just happens to be basketball. We talk a lot of basketball on this podcast. Uh, yeah. But, you know, there's there's things that you feel like you're that you're really prepared for, and there's things that come up, and it's like, oh, wow, I never thought about having to do this, that, or I never thought I'd have to deal with, with that. So uh, let's go through that here a little bit, Justin. Uh, what, were some, what were some things, what were some challenges um, that you felt like, you know, I was, I, I, so far, and again, it's it's young, it's early in the year, but you know, I feel pretty prepared for this part. I I, I feel like this part of it, I've I've got under wraps pretty good at this point. Uh, what's two or three things you got there? Well, you know, as far as stuff that I that I was prepared for, you know, I mentioned it about Coach Etheridge is I, I felt like because of of me being a, the defensive coordinator and the amount of kids that I'm kind of having to to uh, actually kind of like be like a head coach for the defense, you know, I'm, I'm kind of managing 40, 35, 40, 50 kids, you know, mm-hmm. on that side of the ball. So as far as managing people, um, you know, and running the program as far as keeping in contact with the kids and, and um, you know, the organizational part of that and things like that, I, I felt like, you know, I was ready for that. Um, and, and I kind of just mentioned it, you know, I think organization is, is one of the things that, that I do the best um and that's just because of the coaches i've been around that have helped me learn that Mm -hmm. um you know but i think that's key is just is being organized and and having a plan for everything and i think that you know helps um you know helps to create a little bit of clarity and and keep from confusion as just being organized Mm -hmm. um you know and then uh like practice plans um that's something every day every five minutes you know with football and baseball we had everything planned out and even back to when I was 18 and I started coaching, that was something that I tried to do was, was have a good practice plan and try to touch on things uh, as much as possible. And, you know, every day, obviously, you can't do everything. Yeah. But trying to have a checklist of, hey, I've hit on this this many times. I need to go back over this. I need to do that. So, uh, you know, coming up with a practice plan and having an, organi- having an organization within that practice plan and, and just managing, you know, the different parts of your program, whether that's, um, you know, the kids or the, or the parents and, you know, moving into like the next part is, is this is the first time, you know, I, I have assistance on, on football. Um, but this is the first time being a head coach and, and managing adults, you mm-hmm. know, which is a whole nother was a, uh, is a whole nother aspect. You know, you have, you have those, um, you know, assistants and, and you want to lean on them and they're leaning on you for, for guidance and, and you're trying to, to, to get their, um, you know, what, what they would like to do for the program. And so just not necessarily, I wouldn't say managing them, but just uh, trying to, to keep them involved and trying to keep, you know, keep their opinions where they, they feel like they can give their opinions and yeah. they feel like they have, um, you know, a say-so in the program because that, that's what I want as an assistant Yeah, is I want to be able to have some say-so and I want to feel like I'm being heard. And so that's something new for me is, is trying to, to make sure I'm doing a good job doing that. That, that delegation. Uh, That's right. Part of it, yeah, yeah. Uh, has has there been what are perhaps you know two or three things over the last few months that you're going through it and you're like, oh wow, I did not in you know did not anticipate that, or wow, yeah, that's something I definitely could have done better or whatever it may be. Well, other other than the managing is, of adults, you know, right. One thing is is obviously you know I, I'm I'm the girls basketball coach. Um, so that's been a whole new thing for me is because I'm up until this job, I've never coached girls. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, 
I, I helped a little bit, uh, you know, when I first started doing some, some girls basketball while I was doing, you know, the boys, but this is the first time really um, coaching girls sports. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, bouncing back and forth between males and females, you know, I try to, I try to somewhat as much as I can treat them the same and coach them the same, but obviously there's differences. Um, you know, there's things that, um, you know, challenges and stuff with coaching females is opposed to males and things like that. So that's a little bit, uh, you know, and, and then another one that I think a lot of coaches have, I'm not sure, you know, in different States what they use and, and don't use, but we have something here in Alabama called dragonfly. And it's kind of a joke that everybody kind of has problems with it, so, but it's a, uh, you know, it's something where we have to go and Im- import all the scores and we have to go make sure we have officials assigned for each game and, uh, making sure the dates are right so the officials can be assigned. And so that's really the, been the biggest thing for me is making sure all that, that side of things is taken care of. You know, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not so much the, the basketball portion, it's the everything else, you know, and I know that, that a lot of coaches, you know, they say that, you know, when they become a head coach, it's not really the basketball is the easy part. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's everything else, the paperwork and, and all that stuff. And so, you know, making sure all that is all my, my T's are crossed and I's are dotted on that stuff is important, you know, just as far as, you know, keeping the kids in the program, you know, eligible. You know? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, and I think that's true. You know, we, we spend every coaching theory class that you ever take or, uh, there, there's never a video about, uh, here's how you're supposed to do your bus schedule. Here's how you're supposed to do yeah. your, your parents' uh, email list. Um, right. I just gave myself an idea for a new pen and a napkin video. All right. Hey, thanks, Justin. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> well, you know, it, I, I have, you know, I, it's hard for me to come up with a lot of these things that I'm having problems with because I have such a good support system around me. I really mm-hmm. do. Like our athletic director, Angie Revis, anytime I need to do buses, I just shoot her a text and say, hey, I need to take a bus at this time on this day. And she, boom, she ticks. She says, Hey, you got this bus and Mm -hmm. you, you know, she takes care of that. And if I have a question about officials or scheduling, I call coach Holderfield, our head boys coach, and he helps me with that. You know, so I'm surrounded by a lot of people that have experience in maybe the things that I am not as experienced in. Mm -hmm. And so I have no problem at all leaning on those people. I'm not too prideful to immediately pick up the phone and say, Hey, I need some help on this. Yeah. Um, and so having those people around me, um, you know, has been huge uh, for me and just has taken a lot of stress off of me in that aspect. Mm-hmm. Coaches are absolutely loving are taking over a new program booklet. As many of you know, I spent two years outside of coaching. And during that time, I hung a note card in my workspace at school that said, strip the house down to the studs. I took that time to really rethink and reorganize my thoughts on what it takes to run a transformational program. As I prepared for the possibility of coaching again, I organized these thoughts into this 96-page booklet. How much do I trust this booklet? I used this booklet as I went on interviews to help sell myself and my vision for what my new program would look like. If I'm using it to sell myself, why wouldn't I recommend it to you, my listeners? This booklet will help you look at any part of your program, no matter what stage you're at in your program, and help improve it in some way. It's all yours for only $15, which includes shipping and handling. For more information, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. All right, Coach, at, at this time, we're going to jump in here. We're going to switch gears up a little bit. We're going to jump into our John Wooden quote of the day. Uh, Justin, are you ready for the John Wooden quote of the day? 
I am. All right. So if I can find the piece of paper that has the John Wooden quote, there it is. It's underneath this piece of paper that has the John Wooden quote of the day on it. Uh, from Wooden, a lifetime of observations here, uh, page 112. And this is a pretty common Wooden quote here, uh, but I saw it, loved it, and um, thought I'd share it here this week. So uh, feel free to comment on it as soon as I'm done with it here, Coach. All right? Yes, sir. All right. The Wooden quote of the day is, Leadership is the ability to get individuals to work together for the common good and the best possible results, while at the same time letting them know they did it themselves. That's right. You know, I, I think you know, one of our – the first word you said leadership, you know, our little – hashtag or, or saying or, or whatever you, you'd like to call it that we kind of get behind um, in our program is lead the way. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're trying to um, create leaders, you know, in our program and asking them to lead the way for, you know, the other people in the community, the other people in the school. Um, and then also, you know, those girls and those athletes that are going to come behind them. Um, so leadership is something that we talk about a lot. Um, you know, that's something, like I said, that's our kind of our little saying that we talk about, um, you know, and, and, and so leadership and, and just any of those, those type of quotes like that, you know, I, I love those because that's something that we kind of lean on every day is leadership. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and, you know, it's, it's very important. I tell those girls and I tell our football, our football players too, is all the, the successful teams that I've been a part of, um, you know, that was kind of one of the X factors is they had great leaders and, and the leadership was, was very key in, in those, those uh, teams. Um, you know, how, uh, and, and that was on my list of things to talk about with you, coach. So you did a great job of bringing that segue in. Nice work with that, Justin. Uh, let, let's jump into that lead the way, you know, what are some ways that you build those leaders on a, on a daily basis and, and you're preparing for the leaders, you're, you're pre preparing players to be leaders tomorrow, even though they're not leaders today. You know, one of the one of the things that we do, like I said, you know, I think a lot of people they, they get caught up in these, you know, hashtags and these things that they that they try to build, you know, their program on, but they don't ever they kinda talk about it once or twice and then they don't talk about it again until maybe the next season rolls back around, you yeah. know. So that's something we try to talk about every every day or in every week is is what what lead the way means to us. You know, what does that look like in our program? What does that look like in the school? What does that look like in the community? Um, you know, and for us, as far as a program goes, you know, we talked about last week, uh, we looked at a guy that I kind of look at a lot as Brian Kane. Okay. And uh, he does a peak performance um, uh, thing. And so we looked at one of the things that he had, and it, and it showed this pure pyramid. And it showed how, like, most programs, the top of the pyramid um, – is like your seniors and then obviously your juniors and then 10th graders and so on and so forth. But then he shows the pyramid flipped and he shows how, you know, if you're going to be a leader, you have to be able to first serve, mm -hmm. um, you know, and that's something that I'm trying to instill in our girls and, and our program is, you know, just because you're a senior, you know, that doesn't mean that you get out of, of picking up trash or you get out of, you know, picking up basketballs or setting up practice or, or doing anything like that. If you want to be a leader, um, you know, there's a book that I read that I read called leaders eat last, um, mm -hmm. by Simon Sinek. And, you know, he talks about how, if you want to be a leader, you have first have to serve and you have to be somebody that shows, you know, everybody else that you're not too good to, to do those, you know, things that, 
you know, quote, get your hands dirty. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so those are things that we could talk about, you know, every, every week is just trying to get those girls to, to realize like, Hey, you know, one person is not more important than the other. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not too good to go and to, to go and do this or do that. And, you know, another thing, you know, based kind of off of that is, is, is how are we setting up our program for success after they're gone? Mm-hmm. You know, how, how are we, how are we leading, you know, leading the way, uh, for example, how are we leading the way, um, for those younger girls in our community that want to be just like, you know, our girls, they want to wear that uniform. They want to play, um, for Southside high school. You know, what are the things that, that we can do to make sure that their experience when they get to where they, they can play for us, like how can we make their experience the best possible and how can we set our program up for success mm-hmm. um, by the things that we do, you know, while we're in it. Yeah. What's the spelling on that? Uh, Brian Kane. Uh, you can spell that about 10 different ways with both, with both Brian the first name and the, la- the last name. B R I A N. Uh-huh. And then Kane is C A I N. Okay. I had the, I had the right name or I had the last name, right? I didn't have the first name, right? So yes, very, uh, very good uh, resource as far as, um, you know, character building and just building mental he's very very big on the mental aspect of coaching and Mm -hmm. playing Mm -hmm. okay um great stuff there coach uh how about let's let's jump into your defensive philosophy obviously you are really really d'ing some people up at at one point i think i saw uh through five games you're only giving up about an average of 20 points a game you had a couple of there you know where i think you held somebody to like eight points in a game so you know that 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 skews it a little bit you know yeah we we actually we had one game where we held a team to eight and then, and another one six. Yeah. So yeah, that, so that helps the math. It. Yeah. Uh, but still over those next three games, you know, it's, 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 you know, 90 ish games or 90 ish points uh, over three games. So around 30 right. a game, I teach history, but I can teach, you know, I can figure that math out. So. <laughs> That's right. uh, but, you know, talk, talk to us a little bit about your defensive philosophy, what you teach, uh, what you've, what you've implemented with your kids so far, um, your base philosophy, man zone, just, just jump into your defense as, as much as you'd like here, coach, uh, to, right. to, to help us out here, to, to help us hold these teams down the way that you are. Well, the first thing that, you know, I'd say, I think somebody else, they interviewed me a while back again the season and, and they were talking about our defense and stuff. And, you know, defensive, good defensive basketball is, is kind of a, you know, I haven't been there long, but I know the last several years that's kind of a staple of Southside basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and a lot of that has to do with just our athletes. Um, they, they, they'll get after you. You know, they're going to get after you from the, the first horn to the last one. And they play with high, high effort um, and intensity, um, you know, and they're very coachable in their stances and, and, and things like that. So, you know, as far as the the good basketball, you know, that was kind of something defensively that I kind of came into was was the the uh, persona that, that we play good defensive basketball at Southside, and that's boys and girls. Um, but something that I kind of carried over from football, you know, we talked earlier about how things kind of bounce, you know, I can kind of use things through different sports. And one thing that I kind of do on football that I've brought over to basketball, um, you know, we don't have the shot clock in, in Alabama. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this, what I'm talking, going to talk about it. I mean, it, it could help us. I think even more if we did have a shot clock eventually, if it ever gets to that, yeah. one thing I like to do is I like to bounce in and out of different stuff. You know, I think a yeah. lot of people they'll get, you know, they'll get in man and that's kind of what they do, um, which is great. You know, people have something and, and they they get really, really good at it. So they don't have to run anything else, um, you know, but 
we like to bounce back and forth through different stuff. You know, we, you might come down the court one time and we're in a two, three. Mm-hmm. And the next time you come down the court and we're pressing you and we're running a one, three, one. And then, you know, we may do that two or three positions and then we'll jump into man. Mm-hmm. And then in the middle of that position, we might bounce back to zone, you know, so we're trying to confuse, you know, the girls that are, you know, those 15, 16, 17 year old girls, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yep. So that make, may, them, make them think you know, the game. Right. They're going to have to think. And, and even though we don't have a shot clock, it, it slows them down and slows their thinking down and, and allows them or, or keeps them from getting in, you know, to, to a rhythm, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, you get in something and you stay in it and they find a little hole in it, which that's some stuff that we've seen this year. You know, somebody will get in something that like, let's say they're running, you know, a three, two. Well, mm-hmm. we find a hole in it and it's, they just stay in it. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and so we like to kind of bounce back and forth through some different things and, and just try to keep teams um, off balance and keep them out of a rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that our girls have kind of bought into. Um, and there's some things that I, that I like to do with that as the season goes on and, and we get more into like region play and things like that. Mm-hmm. But right now being able to do that and bounce back and forth through some different things um, maybe not every possession, but every few possessions, I think, has really gave us an edge and allowed us to to keep the opponent from you know getting comfortable. Mm-hmm. Are, are you? Uh, is there anything uh, that you're teaching drill wise that you feel like you'd be willing to share? You know what are what are you doing to to get the kids to play so aggressively, regardless of what you're in? Yeah, um, you know what do you got going on there, coach? Well, you know. I don't know if I have anything just just crazy, crazy great um, uh-huh. to share. But you know, one thing, one thing that we do, even though we bounce in and out of stuff, that what we hang our hat on is our one three one. You know, we're going we're going to run our one three one. We're going to pressure you, and we're going to kind of try to do that. Um, you know, one thing I saw back during the summer. You know, we played so many games, and I was still trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Sure. You know, as, yep you know, my philosophy, what I wanted to run. And based off of what I was seeing, you know, everybody was running, you know, all, all girls wise anyway, were running basically the same type of press. Yeah. You know, everybody was running like a two, two, one or, or one, two, two, you know, they were running something like that. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know, what's something that we can do that they're not going to be able to necessarily try to, to be able to replicate in practice, you know, what's something that's going to be a little bit different, which is kind of why we leaned into the one, three, one. Yeah. Um, and then me and the coaches that I have with me that I was able to hire, that was kind of their background as well. in, in school was, was that defense. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that us as coaches, we feel really confident about. Um, so we're able to, you know, to get into that. And every single day, we work that one, three, one, mm-hmm. you know, and we, we may work, we may stay on one half of the half of the court and just work trapping on one side of the floor, mm-hmm. you know, and then we'll work, we'll go to the other side and we'll all work on the other side of the floor. Mm-hmm. And then we may all work on the back half of the court and mm-hmm. then go, you know, we try to break that one, three, one down into sections mm-hmm. and then eventually work up to in practice. Okay. Now here's how it all fits and flows together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah. I think just breaking, breaking that, breaking your, your, for us, breaking that one three one down and breaking that press down and letting them see how everybody's role fits into it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's, I think that's a big thing with all of the defense that we do is, you know, not necessarily 
being just worried about what I'm what I'm doing, but how does that player next to me, how does their role fit into, you know, if I do my job and they do theirs, this is how it fits together. Mm-hmm. You know, so and, and I think that also helps, you know, move being able to move your players around. You know, yeah. if a girl, you know, knows kind of what what everything's supposed to look like and how that puzzle fits together, then it's easy for them to go jump and play this this spot or go jump and play this spot. Mm-hmm. Because we have a team this year that's really quick. Uh, we have a lot of fast, fast girls, a lot of speed, um, and so it's good for us to be able to move some girls around, um, you know, and not miss a beat. Yeah. Well, I, and I like what you said there about the the zigging when other people are zagging, essentially. And yeah. and I think that that's um, if if you're a little smaller, if you're not as perhaps talented. Uh, there are things in that in that scheme that you can do that is going to be unique. I mean, when you know to to tap into your football mind here, when Oregon was the only team running the spread, nobody could stop it because right. they were they were the only ones that were running it. And That's right. and now almost you know a lot of teams run it. Um, and, and so I, I like your thought there of zigging while everybody else is zagging as long as it fits the personnel that that's you right. have and and it sounds like that's kind of what you're doing with your kids you know you know we have a we got a, a couple of really 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 uh big strong uh, athletic girls um you know and that going back to that 131 that we run you know that middle girl in that 131 are two or three girls that we have they fit that role perfect mm-hmm. you know and, and our speed allows us, you know, our wings and our back girl and our front girl, we're able to interchange those four, um, you know, and, and kind of give, if you'd say a break to maybe, you know, that front girl in that one, three, one, she, she's having to work hard, you know, she's mm-hmm. bouncing back and forth and trapping everywhere. And so we're able to move some girls around and give some people some breaks, you know, in different positions because of the speed and stuff that we have. And, you know, us being a little smaller, um, you know, getting those steals and those turnovers. I think we're averaging like 20 turnovers a game right now. Mm-hmm. You know, get, getting those turnovers is key for us, you know, to be successful. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I love your champions chain here, coach. Uh, the the yeah. concept, I, I we've been really busy since we started kind of talking and communicating. I haven't had a chance to really dive, dive into it uh, because of our games and, and watching my own film and that type of thing. Right. But out of everything that, that you sent me, this is the one I'm like, okay, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really curious to see what you got going on yeah. with this here. So talk to us about your champions, uh, the champ chain here for uh, the Southside Lady Panther basketball program here. All right, so um, you know if you if you watch college football, you know you've seen the turnover chains. Yep. You know Miami, um, really everybody's got one now. You know they're gold or they're silver and they're flashy and they look cool and everybody wants to wear it and everything like that. So we have one for our football team. Mm-hmm. So back during the football season, when when kind of basketball was starting to to get started, you know I would I would and back during the summer as well, I would take our defensive turnover chain to the basketball games Mm -hmm. and the girls you know they they're like man you know that's that's really cool that looks awesome and you know we have it for football it's easy you get a turnover you get the chain so it's easy to kind of you know you know what it's for in in football Mm -hmm. um so the girls saw it and they were like man that would be really cool like if we had our own chain like that so i ordered my chain and uh 
you know, but I didn't want to just have some random chain that you just wore and there was no meaning behind it. And uh, so I sat down with my assistants one day and I said, look, what is something that we can do that we can chart in the game that has nothing to do with the amount of points we that, that somebody scores, but some other things, um, you know, that we can that we can chart during the game. And after the game, we're able to look at those and see, like, who is getting the most production during the game? Like, who's mm-hmm. helping produce, um, you know, the most, whether that be turnovers, st- uh, rebounds, assists, whatever. And so we came up with a chart. And, you know, it's not a ton of stuff. It, it, we try to keep it fairly easy for, for one of our coaches to be able to chart during the game. So right at when the game's over, we're able to look at it and see, you know, who was the winner of the champ chain or whatever. And so we can get that out. But one of the things we do, so we have a, a, we have a chart I'm looking at right now, and it's got every girl on our program's name on it. Yep. All right. And so we have different categories. Um, so we have forced turnovers, which you can gain a point for obviously your forced turnover or your steal. Yep. And then you can lose a point. So you have a category for committed turnovers. Yep. So you're gaining a point for a forced turnover, but you're going to lose a point for every committed turnover. All right. Then you have, we, we're uh, charting tip passes. So if you tip a pass on defense, you're getting a, a point. Yep. All right. And then rebounds, whether that's offense or defensively, you're getting a point. And then we also chart assist. Mm-hmm. And so we take those forced turnovers, committed turnovers, tip passes, rebounds, and assists. And at the end of the game, we'll tally up, you know, who had the most points in, in production based off of those categories. And that's the girl who gets the champ chain. And uh, something funny is, like, they'll get that chain and they, they wear it. They have to wear it. You know, I say have to. They don't have to wear it, but they do. <laughs> they'll wear it. They'll wear it until the next game. And uh-huh. so those girls will be walking around school with this giant chain around their neck, with this big flashy emblem on it, in the middle of math or history or whatever. And then they'll wear it when we walk in the the next, you know, the next game in the gym. You know, when we roll up in the next gym, they've got that chain on, and they keep it on until you know, the next game until somebody else earns it. So yeah. I think right now the highest score that we've had in, as far as those categories has been 17 points. Okay. Um, yeah, so yeah. that's something that we keep. And, and as soon as the game's over with, as soon as I talk to the girls, that's the first thing they want to see. They want to run up and they want to see that <laughs> clipboard yeah. and see how many points that they had and, and how many, you know, of each category that they had. So that's been something that's added a lot, added a lot of energy um, to our program and kind of gave us a little bit of a, a little bit of a difference, you know, yeah. compared to some other programs. Well, and and I think a lot of that is just effort plays, energy plays, unselfishness plays, um, right. you know, and, and if you're really teaching now, you know, kind of going back to what you emphasize, if you're teaching like a, a pack line, uh, we're going to jam up the lane here. Uh, you, you don't want to do, Hey, get out and get a bunch of tip passes, uh, yes. while we're playing pack line and we're taking gaps away and we're playing it pretty conservative, you know? Right. So, so I think when you, and, and I love the idea coach, we, we have, stuff like this we have our windex woman we have our and we give them we have a bottle of windex that we give the best rebounder of the game and and that type it it took us that we had to explain it a little bit but they they got it now uh but it it also when you do things like this it has to fit your philosophy and what you're really trying to emphasize to your kids and 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 i'm sure you know you're with those like say tip passes hey we want you to be ultra aggressive we want you to get out here and and attack that ball in that manner i'm assuming that's part of the sell job as well Right, for sure, especially when we're running our one three one, you know, getting those those tip passes and there's some plays that while I'm talking that are coming out in my head. 
um, just from this short season of seven games um, where, you know, some of our girls have just made these crazy plays where they'll go and tip a ball, you know, just almost sacrificing their body, like diving to tip a ball away to another one of our players. Or, or I mean, it's, it's just been really awesome to see them buy into some of these categories and these things, um, you know, that we're asking of them. So it's been, it's been really neat. Mm-hmm. A pen and a napkin university videos are just another way that a pen and a napkin can help you become a better coach. Our university video library is constantly expanding with topics ranging from interviewing for a job to full court defense to 25 universal truths about coaching. Our university videos will help you round out your skill set as a coach and help you hone your craft. Videos are $10 a piece with bundling options available. To order, you can DM me on Twitter, send me an email at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com, or order from our website, a pen and a napkin.com. Be sure to check out the A Pen and a Napkin video library. Coach, let's go over a couple more things here. Um, we got uh, You got time for one or two more things? Yeah, absolutely. All right, awesome. Um, one of the things you uh, put on your, your uh, deal here is uh, communication with, with your parents. And I think that's such an important skill to have in your coaching repertoire. Like you said, you know, you, you, you spend so much time dissecting film and, and, and how to play this defense or how to attack this defense or whatever it may be. Uh, but sometimes it's things like, uh, communicating with parents and, and those type of things is, is the things that either burn out coaches or get them frustrated, or that's the thing that gets them in trouble, whatever it may be. Uh, you know, talk to us with your philosophy about communicating with parents. We're starting to get into, uh, the teeth of the season. Everybody plays nice in the preseason most of the time, Yeah, that's right. you know, and then, and when the games start happening for real, uh, Players sometimes get frustrated with their roles. Parents get frustrated with their kids' roles or whatever yeah. it may be. You know, so, so talk to us a little bit about your experiences there and what you do to try and streamline that communication with parents. Yeah, so one of the things that, that I've kind of tried to take on, you know, I, I've been around a lot of different coaches, and, you know, they all kind of deal with parents, you know, differently. And, and, you know, some have had great relationships with parents. Some, you know, they don't really deal with parents very much. You know, they try not – you know, try to avoid them or not talk to them. Sure. So one thing that I've tried to do, you know, and obviously, you know, can get better at this, especially with football. It's, it's, it's a little bit easier with basketball because there's not as many parents, you know, football yeah. wise, you know, we might have 90 kids on the team, mm-hmm. um, you know, but as far as basketball goes, one thing that I want to do is I want to be able to have conversations with those parents, even if they're hard ones. Yeah. You know, there's been just a couple of, of small things that have came up this year and both of those instances where I either called or we texted and, you know, we just tried to have open communication about the, the problem or, or what was going on, it immediately cleared it up, mm-hmm. you know. And so I think a lot of times there's a lot of animosity built between coaches and parents when there's a problem. Uh, and, it, and it's not addressed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so you, a lot of you times, have to. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Demi, I meant to interrupt you. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, you know, I think that's one of the things that, again, learned. Um, you you have to. One of the things with with being a coach and, and being a head coach, especially, you have to accept that at some point you're going to have to have some tough conversations with parents, right. with players, with both. Um, and, and so you can't avoid it. Um, it, it's something that you can't run away from. It's, it's not something that you can, uh, just kind of avoid. Uh, you've got to confront it. And the sooner you confront it, the, the faster you can move on from it. 
That's right. And like I, you know, I put on there is like, they're one of your parents are one of your greatest assets Mm -hmm. because, you know, your kids are going home obviously to their parents every day. So if you have a bad relationship with their parent, you know, what are they hearing when they go home? You know, are they hearing, Hey, you don't, you know, do you don't need to listen to what he's saying? Or, you know, he doesn't know what he's talking about or, you know, whatever it may be, or he shouldn't be playing this girl. He should be playing you or Mm -hmm. this girl that whatever it is, you know, but if you can have a good relationship with those parents, then, you know, that car ride home or that talk around the dinner table is probably going to be a lot different. You know, they're going to be an advocate for you than, you know, than somebody that's trying to go against you. You know what I mean? And so if those, those kids are hearing positive things about you from, you know, those parents, um, then that's going to create an all around better atmosphere for the program. And, you know, you're going to get more out of those kids because they're going to trust you. Um, you know, they're going to appreciate you and and they're going to, you know, overall just know that, that you're doing the best job you can and that, Mm -hmm. that you have their best interest. Um, you know, and so one of the things that coach Brooks back at Oxford talked about was having two feet in the circle. You know, it's easy to have two feet in the circle when my kid is playing, every minute or my kids getting to play every game or um he's he or she's the leading scorer or or whatever it may be it's not so easy to keep two feet in the circle when hey you know they didn't play very much or they didn't play at all or you know coach yelled at her when she did this or whatever so you know that's something that that we talk about is you have to have two feet in the circle at all times you know Mm -hmm. even when times are tough even when you're not playing as much or, you know, you may have gotten coach got on to you a little hard that day. You, you got to keep two feet in the circle and keep trusting the program and trusting your coaches and, and, you know, all of the coaches, not just the head coach, but the assistants mm-hmm. and, and yeah. trust in everything in the program. And, and that's how, you know, these successful programs are able to sustain success is because they have such a good culture, uh-huh. you know, you know, throughout the program, whether it's with parents, players or, or yeah. whoever. Is, is, is there anything else that you try to preemptively do with your parents to uh, create those positive relationships? Well, one thing that, that I've gotten a lot of good feedback about is just simply the organization. You know, every every week, like on Sunday, I try to, down to, you know, the most minute detail, I try to send out to our parents. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I try to let them know what that week ahead is going to look like. So, because they have lives too. I mean, yeah. they have other kids, they have jobs. Yep. Um, they have, you know, other engagements and things that they have planned for. So, you know, giving them some organization as far as, hey, this is what the week looks like. This is what to expect. And as soon as there's a change in schedule, trying to let them know immediately. Um, you know, so I think that's something that I've gotten a lot of good feedback about is just being organized, organized and trying to keep them in the loop with everything um, and just trying to let them be involved. Like we had a practice about a week ago and I, it was I forgot, I think it was on a, a holiday or something. And mm-hmm. I said, hey, I sent a text out to on remind all the parents. And I said, hey, uh, I know most of you are off work today. If you'd like, y'all can come sit and watch practice. And I think we had about 20 parents show up, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and it was just a regular old practice, nothing special. But they got to sit in there and they got to kind of see what practice was looking like. And, you know, it's easy for parents and and outsiders that are not necessarily there every day to make assumptions about what's going on, but you know, they're not there every day at practice. They don't Mm -hmm. see what's going on. They don't kind of see the work that's being put in. And so, you know, I think it's great to every once in a while, allow them to come and just kind of see what's going on and and let them be a part of it. Mm -hmm. 
Um, let's talk a, little, a couple of drills here, Coach, that I wanted that, that you put on our list. Let's wrap up with this here. Okay. Uh, you know, a, a passing drill, six-man circle pass. Um, okay. Just kind of curious. Sounded like a cool drill. I wanted to ask yeah. about it. You know, so right. so tell us a little bit about your six-man or six-woman uh, circle yeah, six pass drill. Yeah. So uh, this is something back during the summer. Um, you know, when I first took the job back during the summer, and I don't know if this is just girls basketball or just basketball in general, um, but we were having such a hard time just simply catching the basketball with like some chaos you know what i mean like in the game we were trying to look up the court too early the ball was bouncing off our chest or we were fumbling it around and, and getting it stolen or so we were having a lot of trouble just simply passing and catching the basketball mm-hmm. so something that we do every just about every single day um and is and i'll just call it out i'll say hey circle pass and they'll all get lined up um, and this is a drill you could probably uh, you find on YouTube. Uh, I know that I, I kind of looked it up after uh, I saw it once, and th- there's several different variations of it. But So what we'll do is we'll all be on one end of the court. All right, You'll have a line under the basket. You'll have a line at half court, and those two lines are facing each other. Mm-hmm. All right, And then you have a line in each corner of that half of the court. So you'll have six total lines, you know, with lines facing each other, if that yep. is it, you're kind of getting an yep. idea of what yep. I'm yep. painting the picture. So those lines are all facing each other. You got six lines, and for us, we have about 19 girls between JV and varsity, and we all practice together. So there'll be about two or three people in each line. And so what happens is the two lines across from each other start with one basketball. So you start with two basketballs total, and you can start it with the line. Like usually we'll start it with the line under the basket, and the line at half court will have one ball. Mm-hmm. All right. And so when I blow the whistle, you start – whoever has the ball, you know, two girls have, have to start with the ball. You throw the ball to your right. When you throw the ball to your right, you sprint across – to the lane to the line across from you mm-hmm. so simply you're throwing it right switching lines with the switching places with the person across from you mm-hmm. and so once it's going i have some videos videos of us doing it once it's going it looks like complete organized chaos yep. because there's girls running everywhere and there's basketballs being thrown all over the place and so you're having to you know focus on throwing it to a target with you know distractions people crossing your path um but you're also having to get in a little bit of condition and we use it to kind of get loose yeah um but it just creates uh it's, it's a good drill that that creates gets gets people going a little at the beginning of practice but also kind of refocuses that passing and, and catching which i think a lot of people you know, they kind of neglect. Yeah. Um, and especially for us and, and that I've seen in girls basketball, that's a very, a very small thing that can play a huge difference in the game is just being able to throw and catch the basketball, mm-hmm. um, which is why it's, it's something that we do. We do every single day. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, uh, <laughs> we had some conversations with our team, uh, the last few days and, uh, listen, I, I've got thousands of plays all over my classroom. Um, yeah. Doesn't matter if we don't pass it and we don't catch it. That's right. None of those thousands of plays work. And, That's right. And, and and it's just such a simple, simple thing that to hit your partner on time, on target, to receive it well, to step to every single pass, and just a, a, an, an undertaught thing in the game of basketball is just passing the ball and receiving it well. So I, I love hearing about drills like that, Coach. Yeah, that's, it's it's been really good for us, and um, you know, regardless of if 
if that's the reason, you know, that some of these drills that we've done, you know, we've, we have some other ones that we'll do, um, regardless if it's because of those or just maturity or, or confidence in what we're doing, we have gotten so much better at catching and throwing the basketball, which has allowed us to, to be a lot faster, you know, in our transition offense and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it seems like it's, it's really, you know, paid off for us. Mm-hmm. Last one here. Um, and I, and I think I know what this one is, but I'm going to run it past you anyway. Two ball, three person shooting. Um, yes. yeah. What do you got going on with that, man? What are, what are, right, I, so, we've, we've so done Larry this before, Ginn, so I'm, the, I'm curious to see the, what you got. All right. Larry again, uh, the, one of the names we talked about at the very beginning, all right. This was kind of a staple thing that he did back in Alexandria, back in like the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, and was something that, that was kind of, even after he passed away, it's kind of stayed in the program. Um, and it's something we do every single day. We do it on game day. We do it, you know, at the beginning of practice, just about every day. Um, and we'll do two or three rotations of it. So obviously, um, it kind of, the name kind of explains it. So you have three people, um, and that group has two basketballs. Um, you'll have one person pass and one person catch and one person shoot. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, when I first started doing this drill, you know, it was just I kind of explained it to him like that. Hey, look, one person's passing, one's shooting, one's rebounding. It's not that not that difficult, you know. And I would give them a minute, you know, or so, forty five seconds to shoot, and then we'd rotate or whatever. So, as as we kind of progress through that, the biggest thing that that we have gotten better at and have kind of taken away from that drill that has allowed us to get more reps in is that rebounder you know, they should be getting game light reps as well. It's not just the shooter. You know, a lot of people use that drill and it's like, oh, this is just a shooting drill. Mm-hmm. But it's also rebounding. It's also passing. Yep. Um, yep. You know, and so we try to make sure that all three people are getting game light reps, whether you're the shooter, whether you're the rebounder, or whether you're the passer. So, you know, that rebounder is, is going up and getting that basketball violently and coming down on two feet, you know, and getting that outlet pass to that to the girl who's passing to the to shooter, uh, you know, and the girl that's that's passing to the shooter, you know, she's driving, she's, you know, giving different top passes and different top looks to that shooter to help both of them, you know, with game lock scenarios, mm-hmm. you know, and then and then obviously the shooter, she's you know working, um, you know, different positionings uh, off the dribble, uh, the wing, the corner, you know, and, and we'll do about three rotations. A lot of days we'll do two, but some days we'll do three rotations. So like my post girls, you know, one rotation they might be out shooting threes, yeah, you know, because there's some of our stuff that that they'll we need them to do that, mm-hmm. but they know beforehand. They always ask me, hey, how many rotations are we going to get? <laughs> so if they're a post player and they know, hey, I'm only going to get two rotations, well, they're probably going to work around the free throw line, yep. and then they're going to work around the block, yep. you know, the other rotation. But if they're getting three, they're going to they're use that that third rotation to get some shots up outside the arc, mm-hmm. you know. And if yep. I'm a if I'm a guard, you know, I'm going to use one for you know shooting outside the arc. I'm going to do one where I'm driving and shooting a layup and getting back out, and they're throwing me a pass, and I'm going right back. And so they know they've gotten, you know, where they've taken some ownership of that simple drill. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're able in that 10 minutes to get up a lot of really game-like scenarios, mm-hmm. um, you know, with just a simple a simple little drill. Perfect, perfect. Love it, Coach. Great way to end tonight. Um, what's, uh, you know, for, for folks that would want to check out your team, you guys got some, you got some great stuff on your social media. You, got, you must have some kids with your media program down there. They, they put, <laughs> well, they put together some really cool stuff. I'm actually, uh, I'm actually running all of the social media, but, okay. uh, 
I've got I've got some people. Uh, I've got some guy. Uh, one guy he graduated last year, and he comes and takes pictures for our girls uh-huh. and our guys as well. Uh-huh. And so he'll shoot me the pictures. Um, and then we have some people that come and do videos for us. But as far as like running the Twitter and all that stuff, it's it adds a lot to my plate. But I try to do it, you know. And, and yep. you know, I was talking to to my wife before me and you, you know, talked, and you know, I was trying to, you know, I was trying to say, you know, what makes our program different? You know, like what it what it, what do you think makes our program different? Because she's from Tennessee, and yeah. you know, they're pretty good basketball uh, state. You know, not, very not big bad. up there. Yeah. And uh, so I was like, what do you think makes our different? And she immediately, she said social media. Mm-hmm. She said, you know, there's not a lot of people that are pushing their athletes and pushing their program like, you know, y'all do it mm-hmm. at, at where you're at. And so I think that's one thing that has, a, you know, has added another edge. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of people, they kind of they kind of downgrade social media, which social media is the reason me and you were sitting here talking. You know, Absolutely. We didn't know each other and yep. we were able to connect through Twitter. Yep. Yep. You know, and able to have a conversation that otherwise we'd never have. But, um, you know, social media has been really, really awesome for our girls and, and our whole school in general because it's allowed people that don't really know Southside High School to get to know them because of the stuff we post and, and you know, just trying to get our girls and our athletes' names out there to other people. And it, it makes them feel, feel good. You know, yep. we ask a lot out of them. We ask them to get up and work out. We ask them to practice long hours and run and 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 play their hearts out for us so the least we can do is give them a little pub on social media and try to make their experience the best you know we can yep well coach for for folks that want to know more uh about you and your program the you know how can how can they or what are some places they could check you out at so uh we have a a twitter um a twitter page Uh, i'm trying to trying to look up the handle but we we got a twitter page um that we kind of run all our stuff through um, let's see. And it's, uh, at lady underscore Panther BB mm-hmm. lady underscore Panther BB on Twitter. Um, and, uh, we try to post a lot of graphics, um, and, and our schedule and all that stuff's on there. And then, you know, as far as looking up, you know, our schedule and games and outcomes, you know, you can always look us up on max preps. Mm-hmm. Uh, we try to keep all our stats and everything updated on there. Um, and there's a lot of highlights and things like that that get posted on there as well. And you can always look up huddle and yep. um, just look us up on really, really any of that type of that type of stuff. And you can find just about anything you're looking for. Perfect, perfect. Justin Bowen, the head girls basketball coach, Southside High School, uh, out in the great state of Alabama. Coach, uh, thanks for your time tonight. Hope you enjoyed being on the podcast. Hope you enjoyed uh, sharing your, your stuff with everybody. Yes, sir. I, like I said, I really appreciate the opportunity. You know, I'm just a I'm just a young coach, you know, that's just getting my feet wet. So it's really neat to, to be able to talk to, you know, talk to you and kind of throw my two cents in there and, and just uh, try to continue to learn, you know, from coaches that have been there and done that and just try to, to, to grow and, and be the best coach I can be for, for our athletes. Well, I think you had more than two cents worth. I'm going to give you like seven or eight cents <laughs> worth here tonight. So, uh, hey, uh, no, terrific job here tonight. Wish you nothing but the best, and and uh, I know you're going to keep growing your your programs, and and, and uh, yeah, you know, you, you got a chance to be really good, coach. So so keep up the good work. So, yes, sir, I really appreciate it. Uh, if you could hold the line here a second, we're going to wrap up a couple things here. Uh, again, Justin Bowen, Bowen, excuse me, the Southside uh, girls basketball coach, uh, Southside Alabama High School. Want to thank him for his 
time tonight. Of course, we want to thank our founding sponsor, COSAC Chiropractic. Follow us on Twitter at a pen and a napkin. Uh, we'll get so you know, again, folks, be patient with me. It's my season. I got to take care of my team first, but I'm trying to put some stuff out there on a daily basis when possible to, uh, to, to help everybody else out as well. Uh, download, rate, review this podcast. Again, subscribe. Uh, the subscription numbers really help us out. It helps us reach more people. Uh, email us with any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Check out a pen and a napkin.com, a great coaching website. And of course, patreon.com backslash a pen and a napkin. Uh, again, terrific conversation here. Episode number 153 with Justin Bowen out of Southside High School, Southside Alabama. Coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.